Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's a football Friday. Good day, everyone. This is the Rick and Tom podcast brought to you by the Tampa Bay Times. We're fired up for a big weekend of football, college and pro. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Hope you have subscribed. Go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast or you can listen to TampaBay.com or on SoundCloud. And as I said, it's a football Friday. Big weekend in college. Big weekend in the NFL. Let's start with the Bucks, Rick. Sunday at Buffalo. I say it all the time. It's a 16-game season. There's never any throwaway games. Uh, there's no game out there that you don't care if you win or lose. They're all big. But for some reason, some games feel bigger than others, and this feels like a really big game if you're the Tampa Bay Bucks, doesn't it? That's because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it is a it is a huge game, and one that has a lot of ins- uncertainty, I think, right up until kickoff um, or shortly before. Because I, as I sit here at, at one buck place, as I do most of my life, it turns out, <laughs> um, <laughs> I cannot tell you with any certainty, and I, maybe that's the purpose of all this ridiculous exercise, who's going to be the quarterback for the Bucks on Sunday, at least, at least in the first series. Because, you know, we know Jameis Winston has, has the AC uh, joint sprain. We know that he hasn't practiced on the two biggest, the heaviest lifting days in the NFL, so you know. Uh, when you start a week, the week really starts on Wednesday um, for the players. And they get the game plan. They work it Wednesday. They work it Thursday. Friday is a lighter practice. Um, you know, it's uh, maybe an hour total. You do a lot of red zone work, a lot of two-minute stuff. And then Saturday is essentially a glorified walkthrough. You get on the plane, you fly to you fly to wherever the game is, and then you play. Right. Now, Jameis Winston has taken zero reps, uh, Has has not – thrown a football when i say zero reps he did some probably some you know run stuff or handoff stuff but he has not thrown a football they they earlier today we were told by todd monk and you know we'll see today i think uh james feels better today so we'll, we'll know a lot more after today's practice you know and that he wednesday and thursday wednesday, wednesday and thursday. thursday he hasn't thrown anything yeah yet. and he did not he did not throw on thursday he did not throw on wednesday james did not throw today we we made a decision to uh to hold him for another day from throwing he did everything else and uh, I would fully expect that Jameis takes all the snaps tomorrow. And yet, it's like I said, it's a short practice. So I think this thing is full of intrigue. I don't know that they know for sure. But I would just say this, Tom. If your quarterback is less than effective, and, and I guess we'll know how, he resp- how his shoulder responds when he gets out there Sunday morning, how it feels, and, and that's really going to determine a lot of this. But – if there's any hint to me that he's less than what he needs to be to win that game, if you can't play Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Buffalo Bills and have a good chance of winning, assuming the rest of your team shows up like they didn't against Arizona, then when are you ever going to play your backup quarterback right. in Ryan Fitzpatrick? I don't 
I don't get it. I guess I'm maybe I'm missing things. I don't know. I guess what they're saying, Rick, is that a a seventy five percent or whatever percentage Jameis Winston mm-hmm. might be on Sunday, assuming he's less than one hundred percent, a seventy five percent Jameis Winston is still better than a one hundred percent Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's what they're saying, and yeah. they're leaving it to the very last moment to to uh, to make the determination of whether or not he can play. I don't know that Jameis needs a full week of practice to be able to go out there on Sunday. This isn't his third you know third start in the nfl this is his third season in the nfl he should be able to go out there don't you think and even if he well, didn't practice not, I mean, all he'll week, go, be a, somewhat effective he can go out there but remember now this is a guy who takes every rep like some starters would let the backup have a rep or two here and there Jameis wants every look he can get during the week always has and we've seen him come out in games many games even this season and be less than efficient less than accurate when the game starts after having all the practice so are we, to, are we to just think, and this is the first time he's had to do this at the NFL level, that, well, he's 37 games into it, he really doesn't need to practice. I mean, my, my history, my sort of experience in watching this sort of thing play out year after year, for the most part, is that you're not very good when you don't practice. Tony Dungy was a big believer in that. And he did play guys that didn't get much practice during the week, but he always believed that he would rather go with the healthier player, even if he was somewhat less than, um, you know, the guy that that was going to, you know, get, that would have played at 75% or whatever. Right. Um, simply because he's been out there, he's gotten the looks, um, he's got the timing, he's got all those things. And, you know, there, there's two questions here. One, does he play? And that's that's a big question. Is there any, you know, and doctors, and Dirk Cutter stood up here again today and said, look, the, the doctors made that decision. They tell me that he's at no more risk in playing. Um, than he would any other time, just which I find hard injury. to believe. Quite well, I honestly. do too. I, I mean, I I guess I know what they mean in terms of. Uh, I, well, it's I not don't like know a what, popsicle stick where yeah. it's already cracked, and if you just yeah, there's push no fracture. There's no yeah, there's yeah. no yeah, there's no fracture where you could you could you know split that thing open or whatever. But by but the if you got a token, sprain, it seems like you're more liable to to, yeah. to it it turn into I mean, something worse or or the sprain lasts longer. Move this, yeah, right. Move this to another joint. Let's say it's an ankle and you're playing basketball. Right. You know, are you less, yeah, you can go out there with a sprain and it's a pain tolerance thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Doesn't yeah. mean your ankle's going to break per se, but it, it's weakened for sure. And you right. could turn it much more easily than if you went out there with a healthy ankle. You know what I'm saying? So, right. I, I mean, if he's going to take a hit on that shoulder and you got to believe the Bills are going to try to lay on him when they get their chance. I just don't know how this this doesn't come how this doesn't become aggravated and compounded, but they tell us that that's not the case. So I'm over the map all over the map with this. I have been today. Maybe that's their goal. I really don't know who's going to start. It feels to me like a game you would say I'd rather risk you know trying to win with Ryan Fitzpatrick in the situation that he couldn't be more suited for, having played in the AFC East, having played four years at that stadium up there. Um, understanding, you know what 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 he what he does, and coming off a pretty good half performance in Arizona with no practice, um, than potentially, and I don't again, this is that big word, potentially putting a guy out there that's not a hundred percent and getting him hurt and maybe losing him for an extended period of time. I don't know. Maybe I'm, a maybe lot I'm of the, a lot of this. well, a lot. No, I don't think you ever think that. I think a lot of it's going to come down to what happens on Friday when he throws the football. Yeah. If it's up to Jameis Winston, and clearly oh, it sounds like they're going to let it be his decision. If it's a pain tolerance thing, and they're going to go to Jameis and say, "How do you feel?" Jameis is going to say, "I want to play." He wants but, the ball. 
they're going to have to keep a close eye. How does the ball look come out of his hand? Does he have any zip on the football? Can he can he zing it down the field more than a couple of yards? And can he fit it in the tight windows? Can, does he look like Jameis? That's where I think Dirk Cutter comes in and has to make the final decision. But if they leave it totally up to Jameis Winston, Jameis Winston's going to say, yeah, I want to play. Yeah. And I, But I'm with you. I advocated the other day in the newspaper that if he if he's less than 100%, you have a capable backup. I don't want Ryan Fitzpatrick playing the next five weeks, but for one week, I can live with Ryan Fitzpatrick because I think he's good enough. And you bring up a great point, Rick. If you're not going to play him in this game, what game are you going to play him in? Well, ever? and even, you know, and look, I go back to this too. You know, the quarterback certainly is very, very important. Um, and I'm not saying he's not, but they did not lose that Arizona game because they had the wrong quarterback in the game in the second half. In fact, it got better on offense when Jameis left. And I'm not suggesting Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than Jameis Winston. Right. But they did not win that game because as a football team, starting with the defense and then moving over to the offense, they played horribly. They didn't tackle. They didn't block. They couldn't do anything. So if they're going to go out and play like that, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. But assuming that that your defense and everybody you know on this team plays up to their level of, of capabilities and you get Quan Alexander back – and you're playing a team that is not explosive on offense. They score very few points. They, they mostly thrive with running the football and getting turnovers. Um, then, like you said, what, what would be a better scenario? Uh, and I don't, I don't think you just play your backup because he's there and because he knows no, Buffalo. No. Or any, but if there's any doubt at all that, that you might be affecting the future, because, look, even if they lose this game at 2-4, and four, the season's not over. Your quarterback goes out there with one, you know, less than himself and gets hit on that shoulder. And if somehow that is impacted more because he went out there and the doctors say it won't be, but if it was, now you could be, you know, if you're yeah, two and four time, looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. playing the next month, right? That now you're, now, now it looks yeah. a lot different, right? Either way, no matter who plays, Rick, it's, it's starting to sound like, boy, Doug Martin better touch the ball about 20, 22 times on, on Sunday. That would well, be the ideal. Not, that would be ideal. Well, yeah, now, Buffalo always, knows that, too. Yeah, that's always the ideal. The problem is what happens as they've done on the road the last four times they've been on the road. Tom, they've fallen behind 21 to 3, 24 to 7, 24 to nothing. I mean, you, you don't, it doesn't matter what your game plan was at that point because. You know, it's it's you got to make it up as you go along. Now you're not going to run the ball. You can't. Right. You don't have time to get back in the game that way. The one thing I did like about Sunday's game, and I don't put a tremendous amount of stock in what happened after they fell behind 31 to nothing, because I think teams start to play differently. There's not an urgency. I don't believe for a second that Arizona was cool with them <laughs> getting as close as the Bucks end up no. getting in that game. But it was still. It's not the same as as if a game's really tight. Um, but I did like there seemed to be a bit of a connection between Ryan Fitzpatrick and, and for instance, Deshaun Jackson, for instance. I did feel like I'd like to see Mike Evans a little more involved in Sunday's game because he wasn't heavily involved. But well, he caught a deep ball for a touchdown. He a did catch it. Throw. It was a forty yeah, forty one yarder, right? Um, but I thought I thought I kind of liked the vibe that was going on with Deshaun Jackson and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Although I think Deshaun Jackson only caught like three balls, but still it seemed like he was there was something going there. Felt like it. Well, I mean, he. I think what what Ryan did was, you know, he he sort of made quick decisions, got the ball out of his hand. Whether it's to Adam Humphreys who had a bunch of catches, Cameron Braid had a touchdown. He spread the ball around. You know, he was able to read it out quickly and get it out. Now he probably drove it more down the field than he normally would, simply because he didn't care about throwing interceptions at that yeah, point. You you have time. to try to go for yeah. broke because you don't have time if you don't if you don't score a touchdown on just about every possession you're not you're not gonna have a chance and they got it within one score 
um, you know, which had they not had to chase the the points all all day with the two point right. conversions and all that, they might have actually tied that game up. But you're right. I mean, they, you know, Arizona was not going to, you know, run bonsai blitzes and cover zero and give them easy easy chances to hit bombs and and one play sure. drives. They were going to back off, play zone, keep things in front of them as best they could, and um, and they did that for the most part. They got the you know the fumble recovery for a touchdown, made the score in the Bucks' favor the second. But 33 points in the second, I mean, you know, for a guy that's not, you know, he spent all of all of preseason and training camp playing with a bunch of guys that are no longer in the NFL for the most part. I mean, right, Fitzpatrick right. did not get many reps even in the games. If you remember, Ryan Griffin was their number two quarterback in preseason. He was getting a lot of the number two reps. And Fitzgerald, or Fitzpatrick, I call him Fitzgerald. Fitzpatrick, when he got in there, um, you know, he was throwing to guys that, that many of whom are no longer here. So to get to play with Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson and Cameron Braid and O.J. Howard, I mean, he was raving about, you know, the amount of talent and weapons on this football team that, you know, he was able to benefit from. Before the season in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com, Rick, you and I had to, like, there were a bunch of questions that we were, that we were given and we had to answer, you know, how many wins and who's yeah. going to, will Mike Evans have how many touchdowns, blah, blah, blah. And one of the questions was, who will have more catches, more receptions in 2017, Cameron Brait or O.J. Howard? I said O.J. Howard, and I may have been, obviously, uh, maybe I didn't realize how effective Cameron Brait was going to be. It's not even going to be close before this season's over. It's not even going to be close. O.J. Howard has not been a big part of their passing game. Is that surprising to you? How much of a concern? Because I'm not, I thought he would catch more passes than this. Well, um, there's a lot of mouths to feed. And, you know, I think O.J. Howard's primary job right now is to be their inline blocking tight end. I mean, that was a job that Luke Stocker Which he's very had. good at, yeah. Well, he's good at it. He's not, a, he's not a, you know, he's still learning that role as well. So he's not a perfect player. I mean, it's still his first, you know, go around in the NFL. And so he's got something on his plate. But when, you know, that's a first down set, right? And then a yeah. lot of times they'll go, if they get behind the sticks, you know, they'll go with Brait, with Humphreys, with Evans, and with Deshaun. So you take Howard off the field. So he's not getting as many a, a looks, premier passing looks as, you know, for O.J. Howard to get balls, they'd have to throw it to him on first or second down, assuming right. that they were still, you know, third and, and short. Um, so am I surprised? Yeah, a little. I sound like love. But not, discouraged, not overly disappointed. concerned. Disappointed. <laughs> no, discouraged. I'm not overly concerned. I think yeah. I think he's going to be fine. I think he will have those impactful plays like we, we've seen him have a couple. But in terms of volume of, of throws, there's just literally – not enough footballs to design place for guys to uh, to get open and hit them. The thing I, that we're overlooking in this game, Rick, or a lot of people are overlooking, uh, are the Buffalo Bills, which are a little bit better than I think they're given credit for. Because you hear the name Buffalo Bills and you think, eh, Cleveland Browns and, and L.A. Rams, and t- teams that traditionally over the past few years haven't been very good. Bills have some nice wins now. They beat the Jets in the opener, and at that time, we didn't know that was a decent win. Turns out it might have been a pretty decent win. They've also beaten Denver. They've beaten Atlanta. That game was in Atlanta. And then even the losses they've had, not awful. They they played Carolina tight. I think that game was 9-3. They lost to Carolina. And then they lost last week, 2016, to a Bengals team. Bengals aren't great, but they're not horrible either. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Look at this Buffalo team. Not a bad football team, Rick. They're three and two and a, and a legitimate three and two. Yeah, no, they and they've done it with a, a plus eight, you know, giveaway takeover turnover margin, which is really outstanding. I think they lead the NFL in interceptions. They've they've had a lot of chances and they've caught it seems just about everything. But you know, their new coach is Sean McDermott, and that shouldn't be a name that Bucks fans are unfamiliar with because he has been the longtime uh, defensive coordinator, um, you know, for the Carolina Panthers, and so you know he is extremely familiar with Dirk Cutter having played him, you know, both in Atlanta and Tampa Bay. Uh, so, you know, it's it's not going to be – and, in fact, I think he, as a coordinator, he has a pretty good edge on Dirk. So it's not going to be an easy game. Like, they're going to they're gonna know what the Bucks want to do. They're going to know their personnel pretty well. Um, so from a coaching standpoint, um, it'll be tough sledding, I think, for the Bucks' offense. So it's a good matchup. Neither team really scores a ton of points, as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, in Tyrod Taylor, this is the first really mobile quarterback now that they have faced. I mean, this is a guy who doesn't pass for a lot of yards, um, but can make lots of plays with his feet. And he, he is able to launch the ball 65 yards if he, if he wants to, uh, if he gets extended and, and you, you don't plaster those receivers. So yeah, it's a nice little team and they, and they, the, the wins I don't think are cheap. I mean, you go to Atlanta and beat Atlanta, you know, oh, yeah. um, played Carolina. I mean, they they Denver, they beat Denver and like I said the yeah. Jets win we did, we thought that was okay it was the Jets but the now Jets they're tied yeah they're three yeah. and two as well so yeah I I I think this is a legit you know um, contending team in the, in a division that you think the Patriots would win of course but um, they've they, it's not smoke and mirrors you know sometimes you look at the records and you go well you know they won well, like this the Bucks like when they went play. ten and six <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, under Raheem yeah. a few years ago that was yeah. smoke and mirrors yeah although I I'd, I'd I'd argue that. You know, you can't win ten games by faking it. But they did get some breaks. I'll give you that. Um, and so yeah, good team they played. They got destroyed by. It's going to be tough. Anyway, it's going to be yeah. a really tough, uh, tough win for them. I I don't know that I. There's a difference to me whether Jameis plays or Ryan Fitzpatrick plays. I'm picking oh. Buffalo to. I'm I'm picking Buffalo to win this game either way. You even are. if Jameis yeah. was healthy and yeah. ready to go, but uh, but I don't know that it, their their chances are that much worse in this particular game if Ryan Fitzpatrick plays. Yeah, I've been wrong on just about every game. Um, when I pick them to win, they lose. When I pick them to lose, they win. <laughs> and then last week, I picked them to win, and they lost. This week, I'm going to say they win again. So that might upset some Bucks fans. Uh, I, I just feel, I just feel they're more desperate. And and I'm and this is a weird thing too because I I've had coaches tell me do not do not do this. Do not judge anything based on practice. But to a man, players have told us this week when we had a really good practice on Wednesday, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and the attention to detail and, you know, sometimes in the NFL, this feels like a crossroads game, right? Yes. I mean, you're fighting to get back to 500 and, you know, and I've always, you know, we've said a lot of times that you got to hang around 500 until you get to December uh, and see if you can go four and zero in December. But um, 
it, it feels after you get your butts kicked. How many times do we see a team in the NFL just get destroyed? And then the next week you're thinking, they got no chance. And then they end up either pulling out an upset or playing, you know, sure. playing the heck out of somebody. I think there's a lot of pride. I think guys worry about their jobs. I think the coaches coach a lot harder, whatever that means. I don't know why you're not coaching hard enough already, but whatever right. you whatever you didn't do, you're gonna do this week, right? So there there's a lot, you know, I mean <laughs> Things things get a little tighter around here at One Buck Place. You know what I mean. So, right. Um, I think they've had a good week, and and I, I I kind of expect them to come out and not lay an egg like they did at Arizona. I'm going to ask you a completely unreasonable question. Gut, gut, gut feeling. Jameis Winston start a quarterback on Sunday. I think he does. I say yes. Yeah, you're really good about this stuff. Um, <laughs> It, I'm not. It, sure. it, I don't know, but it, I just. It, I, I mean, it, if they look, haven't I, made a decision already, if they haven't already ruled him out, I think he's in. That's that's the way I'm looking at it. And my my head tells me that it's going to be Fitzpatrick. Mm. Maybe I'll stick with my head this time. Like yeah. I said, for all the reasons we discussed. Uh, but you know, again, like, and here's what this is kind of going to be an interesting thing about what we find out about Jameis. Well, is he Brett Favre? I mean, Favre would play. Is he the guy that is, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball, you know? You can't keep me off the field. I'm fine. I can go, you know? Right. And and campaigns, and maybe he does play, and maybe he maybe he guts, guts through a, a victory. There's something about, you know, the will of this of this player that we know is, is sometimes bigger than his talent, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's – He's pretty convincing when when I'm just wondering how Dirk Cutter's going to say no, you know, right. or how Dirk Cutter could say no, whether whether in his head he says, eh, I don't want to risk it, man. If I put you out there and you get hurt, it'll be my job. And, you know, we'll, if we lose you for. But when when it's Sunday at one o'clock and you're looking across that other sideline and you're seeing the Buffalo Bills and you're looking at Ryan Fitzpatrick and you're looking at Jameis and, and you go back and forth and those eyes are wide and he's like, you know doing the whole, you see what we can do as a family, you know, all that stuff. Then, then, then you think, all right, go, go get them three, you know? Yeah. And yeah. like, uh, you know, how, who would, who would tell him no, if he gets out there and starts, you know, zipping it around saying, see, see, I'm good. I'm going to have respect for him either way. I'm going to have, if he wants to go and he wants to play, I give him all the admiration. Oh, he wants, in the world. look, he but wants if he, to if play. He's, but if he also went to Dirk Cutter and said, I can't go, I'm not helping our football team, I'd have a That's tremendous amount of respect. I would have respect for that, though, as well. Maybe more I so. Will, I will guarantee you he will not go to Cutter and say, I can't go today. I, so I if he doesn't you, play, it'll be because Cutter be, sees something where he goes, I, nah, you're, you're not ready yeah, to go. I, I think it'll be the organization. I don't think Jason Light necessarily, because obviously the coach wants him to play. I mean, it's his record. Right. Um, but I, I think it'll be the organization and other people, maybe Dirk, saying, yeah, let's give it one more week. You know, like, right. you're right. not quite there. I'm, I don't know. I don't know that you can be as effective as we need you to be today. And that's what it'll come down to. So, I mean, if you, if, you know. If you ask me to look into a crystal ball, I'm going to say it's Fitzpatrick, but that means I'm going to be absolutely. I'm also wrong. curious to whether what kind of week Fitzpatrick's had. We don't get to see their them most of their practice during the season. Right. I'd be curious to what kind of week Fitzpatrick has had. If he's looked really sharp, really good, or if Cutter's looking at it going, oh geez, we got to get James. Well, you got to get in there. Buddy. But you know, I don't know how much you judge. You know, this is the other thing too. Is like they're not the same guy. So right. Uh, and I asked Dirk earlier this week. It's like. 
don't you have to like on Wednesday and Thursday or whenever they're on sort of sort of be prepared to play with a different quarterback? Now it's not like you you're going to run the wishbone. The offense isn't going to change that dramatically, right? But you are going to tailor some things to Fitzpatrick's strength, right? And so from that standpoint, I think they have one game plan for Ryan, and then probably you know Jameis does what Jameis does. So. I, I don't know. I mean, again, there's so much unknown, so much intrigue about this game and the quarterback, and I think they like it that way because that means the Bills don't know. Right. And I, I don't know why that's a big deal. You're preparing for the Bucks' offense. But it certainly is. It certainly feels like a crossroads type thing. We might find out that Jameis Winston is Brett Favre-like in terms of his ability to recover, right. in terms of his ability to will himself to play through pain. People have told us he's one of the toughest guys they've ever been around. That also tells me he's had a lot of injuries they haven't revealed. That's true, too. Well, Rick is picking the Bucks. I'm picking the Bills, and uh, we'll find out, obviously, on Sunday. College football, Gators are off this week. Praise be to God for Thank Gators God. fans. And for Jim right. McElwain, he can get a night's sleep without vultures pounding on his door. So that leaves uh, FSU and USF to play this weekend. FSU, I don't I don't know what to make of this game, Rick. They're playing Louisville. It's in Tallahassee. Knowles are 2-3. and three. Uh, coming off the close win against Duke. Louisville actually struggling. They're four and three. They've lost a couple in a row, NC State, Boston College. Uh, and they've lost six of their last 10 games. It doesn't feel like Jackson's the same quarterback for whatever reason. Uh, I, I'm picking Louisville to win this game only because I don't trust FSU yet. But this is not the Louisville team that I thought we were going to see this year. They're not quite as good as I thought they were going to be. Yeah, and it's weird for whatever reason, um, but Jackson is still a, an explosive player. That, and I think Louisville can score points. I yes. don't know how many points Florida State can score. That's exactly and right. And I've been disappointed, quite frankly, in their defense this year. Um, been disappointed in a lot about Florida State this year, their offensive line. You can throw that in too. But defensively, I don't know. It feels like a game that Florida would have to run the ball, which they have done, uh, would have to control it keep Lamar keep keep him off the field but I just think I think and and you mentioned the losses that they've had North Carolina State there's no shame in losing to them this year that is true they, they've beaten a lot the of Boston teams College lost last week that's a, that's a bad one yeah. yeah that's a bad one so maybe there's more going on there that meets meets the eye but I would not totally disagree with your prediction on that one USF is still undefeated. They're playing Tulane. Tulane three and three. They got a really good running back, Rick Dontrell Hilliard. He's a big splash play guy. You know he can rip one off seventy five yards, no problem. This is a tricky game. Tulane can score points. They'll give up a ton, and USF can score a ton. I'm picking USF, but I'm not as confident as I've been in other times I've picked USF this season. I think Tulane could give them some issues, especially at where, Tulane. Where is that game? It's at Tulane. At Tulane. At Tulane yeah. That's the key. You know, um, going on the road is a different dynamic, but I know this. Tulane's going to have to score more than 30 points. Yes, they will. Because South Florida does it every single week and, and has the longest I think Tulane scored streak. 62 last week, I want to say. So, I mean, they'll yeah. score some. But they'll give up a ton, too. And, and and USF can give up 30, and they've scored 60 in the same game. So, yes. I mean, it's going to be one of those high-scoring games, you would think. I still don't think, Tom, that there's a, a, a team, if USF shows up to play, I don't think there's a team on their schedule that they can't beat until they get to UCF. And until they yeah. lose, I'm going to keep saying that. The big game, the highlight game. Actually, there's two. Two big highlight games this weekend in college football. Your guy against my guy, Michigan against Penn State. It's going to be a whiteout at Penn State. This is a scary game, I think, for Penn State. But Michigan's uh, Michigan's a little bit down. It's not that I'm so confident in Penn State. I just, I'm not crazy about Michigan right at this point. 
they're still like, they're still feeling their way a little bit. They're, they're yeah, I like Jimmy Harbaugh. I, I like uh, what he brings to Michigan, but this is not their year, and their quarterback situation is not good. They can't score points. Um, their defense gets worn down way too much, uh, you know, with Barkley, way too much offense on the Penn State side. They're not going to be able to contain that guy, um, maybe for a little bit, but not overall. And, and it being in Happy Valley with a whiteout, Man, I'm telling they've you, had, Penn they've State, had a week to get ready. They've had a week to get ready for this. They had a yeah. bye last week. Penn State did, yeah. So I mean, Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's he's the best player in college football. And and your Penn State man, your Nittany Lions, they're going I, to the show, dog. They're no, going to go I, to the show. They got a tough three weeks Feel coming it. up. They got Michigan on Saturday, and then Ohio State next week at Columbus, and then a week after Michigan State. So it's a tough three week stretch. I think they beat Michigan. They lose to Ohio State. I think that's going to be. But here's the thing: I don't know that that necessarily wipes them they out. They still of, could get in. Yeah, the, that's one loss that maybe they'd, they'd be able to survive. Because last year Ohio State lost to Penn State and still managed to get back into the Final Four. That's right. Uh, Notre Dame against USC is the other big game. I'm not boy Notre Dame. I, I never buy into the hype of Notre Dame because I do it every year. They start off strong and then all of a sudden they go into a tailspin. I like this Notre Dame team. I think they're I, and I'm. I don't know what's happened to. To USC, I thought they're going to be a much better. I thought Denard was going to be a much better quarterback than he's been this year. He might have, um, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with him. But I like Notre Dame in this game, and I like Notre Dame. Keep an eye on this Notre Dame team. They, they've already got a loss, so they're not going to play for the national championship or anything. But this could be a team that ends up winning 10, 10, 11 games. Yeah, well, I mean, the one thing you can say about Notre Dame is they always play one hell of a schedule, right? They do. Um, and, and from that standpoint, if they you know, if somehow they managed to, and I don't think this is possible, but if somehow they were to manage to run the table, I mean, think about who they got left. Uh, they've got U, uh, USC this week, North Carolina State, yeah, Wake that's Forest. Yeah, that's a good win. That'd be a good win, heck. Wake Forest, Miami, Navy, and then wrapping it up with Stanford. That's a good So win. that's a heck of a schedule, and your only loss is to Georgia. Hey, is there any shame to losing to Georgia now? No, absolutely 20 not. 20-19, to 19, babe. Yeah. That doesn't look like such a bad loss because Georgia's going to be in the SEC title game and may, you know, I don't know how much of a game they'll give Alabama, but they're going to be there. So all of a sudden, you're fighting Irish, man. If they can make it through this gauntlet of teams in this schedule, they may find themselves in the Final Four. Aren't you I'm disappointed? Just you, yeah, aren't you disappointed USC, too? I thought they would yeah, be very, way better than that. Yeah, very. In fact, I like their quarterback. Do you like anybody be... in the Pac 12? No, no. What? No. I mean, they've I all know. gotten upset. Who's the best team? I don't even know. I don't know. And Oregon, Willie Taggart, boy, how's that working out for you, Willie? So Yeah, not so uh, good. Jim Levitt's defense is giving up some points. <laughs> yeah, they are. Hey, so thanks for listening on this Football Friday. Don't forget, we're here each and every weekday. You can find us on Twitter at Rick Tom Podcast, at NFL Stroud, at Tom W. Jones. Our thanks to Steve Verstick, our producer. The next time we talk to you, we will be in Buffalo, probably in the stadium, following Sunday's Bucks bills game. So find out who played whether it was Jameis Winston or Ryan Fitzpatrick, and find out who won the Bucks or the Bills. So tune in Monday morning. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.